I want to begin with a question which I think is crucial for each of us to grasp and understand the answer to it if we truly desire to follow Jesus Christ. When, when we sin, when we really blow it, when we really mess up, when we do something we know we shouldn't do, which we've sworn we would not do, but we keep doing it, what is God's attitude to us? What is God's heart? What's in his heart? Who is God to us when we sin, when we cheat, when we lie, when we divorce, when we abandon our virtue, when we get a DUI, when we lose our temper, when we get drunk or high, when we betray everything we know to be right and make a mockery of our belief in Jesus Christ through gossip or slander or deceit? What is in God's heart? What is his attitude towards us at that time? We, we don't have to guess because the Bible tells us through uh, the story of a man named Peter who screwed up beyond belief and then came to face with Jesus Christ. And Peter, as we know, was one of the most intimate, trusted followers and friends of, of Jesus. He spent three years with him. He lived. He laughed. He celebrated with him. He saw Jesus do miracles. He heard him speak. Jesus invested in him, mentored him, molded him, was preparing him for a life of significance and impact in ministry. And then one night, Jesus pulled Peter to the side and he told Peter that he was going to be, be betrayed. He was going to be turned over to the authorities. He was going to be tried and crucified, but on the third day, he would, rose, he would rise again. And he told Peter to take heart and to not lose faith as these events began to unfold. And Peter, uh, as most of us probably would have done, looked Jesus in the eye and said, don't worry, I'm your man. I won't fail you. You can count on me. Others might back away from you, but I would not. I would lay down my life for you, Jesus. And Jesus, as we know, looked right back at Peter and said, would you, would you really? Because before the dawn crows and the, the rooster, before the dawn comes and the rooster crows in the morning, you will disown me three times. And Peter was stunned. He's like, no, that would never happen. You're, you're, you're wrong, Jesus. I would not do that. But then it began to unfold, just as Jesus had said. And in a landslide of events that occur with blending intensity and speed, Jesus is betrayed by Jesus. Peter uh, fights with a servant and cuts the guy's ear off. And in the end, Jesus is taken to the authorities. And then we pick it up in, uh, we wanna, we, then we pick it up in John 18, verses 15 through 18, then 25 through 27. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Jesus had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known at the high, to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples, too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there, warming himself. So they asked him, You aren't one of his disciples, too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to, to crow. 
Now, no matter what, what we have done or experienced, I can't imagine a more complete failure at that point. I mean, it wasn't just a moral failure. It was a complete spiritual breakdown. Everything that Peter's life had been about, everything that he had committed himself to was renounced. He had been a disciple, one of the chosen twelve. He had gone public with his commitment. Jesus had designated him to be a leader, and Jesus had renamed him Peter, which meant rock. But in a single night, even with Jesus giving him a heads up, even with Jesus warning him, he denies him three times. His words come back to him, and Peter the rock crumbles. Have you ever done something that you knew was wrong? Knew you shouldn't have done it, even vowed you wouldn't do it. It's, you know, regret and remorse is one of the you know, sickest feelings in human existence. And, and he had dropped about as far off of God's dream team as anybody could. He had utterly and totally screwed up. And then after that, everything that Jesus had predicted began to happen. Jesus was crucified. He was buried. On the third day, he rose from the dead. And people began to experience and see Jesus alive and well. But where did that, where did that leave Peter? He longed for forgiveness. He hoped that somehow, some way, he could still be accepted and loved. He, he longed for a second chance. But at some level, he must have thought, not after what I've done. So what does he do? The same thing most of us do in that situation. He, he went back to what he was doing before he met Jesus. He went back to his old way of life. He went fishing, which is what he was doing when Jesus first called him and met him. Now, just a reminder about his first meeting. Way back when they first met, Peter was a fisherman. He wasn't catching much. And so Jesus said to Peter, uh, take me out with you. And, you know, amateur, telling a professional fisherman how to fish. But, but you know, Peter kind of humored him and said, okay, let's go out in the water. Jesus says, throw your nets over there. As we know the story, that the, the net is full. So full he can't even hold all the fish. And Peter's response when, he, when this happened was, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. But Jesus didn't go away. Jesus simply said, Peter, follow me. So he did. But, but now, Peter's abandoned Jesus. And he's having a hard time uh, um, imagining the possibility of, of, of that kind of grace, that he could start over, that he could be forgiven, that he could be renewed. But then pick it up in John chapter 21, verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Sound familiar? Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. And when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So this is a, almost an exact repeat of the scene when Peter first met Jesus. Peter is fishing. He's not catching anything. 
The stranger comes along. He doesn't recognize Jesus at first and says, try the other side of the boat. They do. A miracle happens. The bed is filled with fish. Was, was Jesus saying this could be a, a new beginning? They could go back and start over like it never happened? Would Jesus want anything to do with him now? They get ashore, and Jesus is standing near a charcoal fire, the same kind of fire that Peter was standing next to when he denied Jesus three times, which had to be a, a painful, vivid reminder of his failure. What happens next? Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Then verse 19, Jesus said, follow me. Now the question that Jesus asked is not, what were you thinking? The question is not, I told you this was going to happen. Why did you do it? The question isn't, are you sorry for what you've done? The question isn't, you promise this will never happen again. The question Jesus asks is, do you love me? Do you love me? It's the first thing on God's mind after we fail him, after we sin. As New Testament scholar Murray Harris put it, first things first. Do you love me? Jesus is asking Peter, do you want to be in a relationship with me? God wants to forgive us, to restore us, to to be close to us, to accept us right where we are, but do we want that with God? You might say, well, of course. I mean, who wouldn't? But be careful. You can talk about wanting to know God. You can talk about thinking about God, doing things for God, and not really love God. Do you really want to deal with your sin and turn from your sin and own your sin and come to Jesus with a a, a tender heart and a heart that wants to be restored? So Jesus asked Peter the same question three times, just as Peter had denied Jesus three times. And on the third question, when Peter begins to realize what's going on here, it's a recreation of where he'd really, his most painful moment in his life, it says Peter was grieved. And how does Peter answer? It wasn't, of course, I love you. He couldn't really say that because there was nothing obvious about his love. He had denied knowing Jesus three times. So what does he say? You know that I love you. And, and Peter did love Jesus. I mean, he had failed <clears throat> spectacularly, <clears throat> but there was no questioning where his heart was toward God. He said, Jesus, we both know what I did, but you also know my heart. Please, Jesus, you, you know that I love you. And each time Jesus says the same thing back, feed my sheep, get back in the game. Don't let your sin be the last word. Do not run from me. Do not run from your calling. Do not run back to your old life. And then he said, Jesus, and then Jesus said, Peter, follow me. Those were the words that Jesus had, had said to Peter when they first met. That made Peter drop his nets and start doing life with Jesus. And suddenly the charcoal fire that had only represented failure now represented something brand new, forgiveness, grace, 
a second chance. And as we know in the scripture, this, this forgiveness isn't just for Peter, is it? God offers complete and total forgiveness to, to anyone who wants it. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. He was saying, I paid the price for every sin, every failure, every mistake, every screw up, even yours. You see, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. He came to offer new life. Which you know, This means, of course, that we don't ignore lessons that we can learn from sin. Or that sometimes the consequences of our sin don't linger. Or that our sins are something that God takes lightly. But sin doesn't have to end our life. It doesn't have to define our life. It doesn't have to be the final word, the final verdict. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, you can come before a living and loving God and say, I'm sorry, I really do love you, forgive me. And he will. But then he adds, follow me. That's, that's God's posture toward us when we sin. Offering grace, calling us to follow him. Now, you may wonder if you can ever push the patience of God to the limit and never get another chance. Or feel like you've taken him up on second chances or hundredth chances. I think there's a limit to how many times you can come to him in failure. You might be scared or wonder if you have committed a sin or series of sins that are too great for God to forgive. But when what Peter feared most took place, when he stood face to face with Jesus... And what he had done was, was, was clearly between them. Jesus was clearly referring to him. He was, he was being, being brought into the open. Peter discovered that God is a God of a of hundred chances. The God of new beginnings, no matter how many times they're needed. You know, the cross of Jesus Christ, the cross is there for you and me. And there's a fire built at the foot of the cross. And Jesus is calling you to come and stand with him. And there's a meal that's prepared at that fire. And Jesus is calling us to come and share in that meal. And Jesus is calling us to follow him. But first things first, do you love Jesus? Do you love him? Now, for some of you, that question from Jesus means, are you still wanting to be in relationship with me because you've, you've fallen away? You, you fell back. Your life is, is in free fall. God feels far away, but you're the one who moved. Do you really want to go back to fishing, to your old way of life? Or do you want to go back to following? Come to the charcoal fire, build it for the cross. Come to the meal prepared. Tell him that you love him. Hear him say, follow me. For some of you, the question from Jesus means something else. You've always believed, but it's more of a head knowledge. It's not something that burns in you. It's not, it's, it's not relationship. It's religion. It's a principle, it's a value system, but it's not passion. Can you say what Peter said? Lord, you know that I love you. For some of you, it's a time to look, to look closely at the answer that Peter gave. Lord, yes, you know I love you. Not because you, you said that once and then slipped away, but because... You haven't done that and you really don't believe. You've never come to Jesus with your life before now. Your life doesn't show love for God. And your heart doesn't know love for God. But you, you long for it. You wish you were living for something more. You wish you could come to God and begin a relationship. And the good news is, is that you can. You can hear him say, follow me, and you can answer, yes, 
is simply a prayer away. So I want to close before we come to the table, before we come to the place where Jesus has prepared a meal for us, a place that represents forgiveness and grace and second chances, a hundredth chances, new beginnings. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, I encourage you to pray that with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from the way I've been living and I now invite you to come into my heart and to come into my life. I want to trust you as my forgiver and as my leader. And I want to follow you. Amen.